0: Good morning, Living Hope. Good to see you all. Can I just say, I don't know where she went to, but Lin, Lindsay, you sang the dog out of that song. That was awesome. That was so good. For all you Northern Californians, that's a, that's a compliment. So anyway, that's good stuff, man. That was great. All right. Okay, well, uh, we are starting a new series this Sunday uh, called uh, Dumb Things Smart Christians Say, and uh, it's going to be, we're going to spend the next uh, five or six weeks just talking about some things that have kind of worked their way into normal Christian speech that um, maybe not, may not have a biblical basis. Uh, maybe, you know, things like, for instance, uh, you guys have all heard a phrase that of course comes from the Bible, cleanliness is next to... Godliness, which is not in the Bible at all, by the way, uh, be as dirty as you want—that's fine. Um, I believe it was Benjamin Franklin actually that said that, or so, or somebody like that. But uh, yeah, not in the Bible at all. So it's things like that where um, where you know just the, these phrases kind of work their way into our consciousness, and we just kind of we just kind of embrace them as true, and we tell people and we encourage people with these phrases that are you know when ultimately when you get down to it, maybe it shouldn't be encouragement because it's just flat out false. And so these are, now, when I'm talking about dumb things, I, I, I intentionally titled the series Dumb Things Smart Christians Say, because I'm not calling you dumb, I'm just calling the things you say dumb, okay? It's not, so nobody feel insulted, nobody feel insulted, we all say dumb things from time to time, 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 like, for instance, that the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> occasionally, occasionally we all do things like that. Um, but, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, hey, you, you, you know, if you poke the bear, it's what happens. Um, Alright, so anyway, the first dumb thing we're going to deal with uh, this week is this one. Go ahead and put it up. Dumb thing number one, God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be happy. Now, now, why is this a dumb thing? Doesn't God want me to be happy? Well, I don't know. Does He? We're going to look at some scripture and, and kind of wrestle with that concept of, of whether or not God wants us to be happy. Here's the truth. Uh, actually, yes, God does want you to be happy, but not necessarily in the in the sense that maybe we tend to think about that statement. Um, here's where I most often hear this statement. It's right before somebody starts to justify their sinful behavior. That's normally where 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 I hear that statement, and, and so it, it looks kind of like this. It's you know. Somebody um, and and I'm going to try not to be too cavalier about this because I know a lot of times these decisions and these statements come out of a very real place in your heart, and and uh, you're wrestling with some hard things and you know I I get that I totally get that but um, but let's not use the Bible to back up our poor choices that's you know let's not you know just 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 raise your hand and go. Here we go, making a dumb choice, and, and I don't care what anybody thinks. You know, just do that. that and we all respect that. But, and so a lot of times I'll hear, you know, well, God wants me to be happy. And when it's a, when it's a situation, oftentimes, this let I me mean, tell you where I hear it most often, usually around um, unwise relationships. That's where I hear this statement most often. God just wants me to be happy, and so, you know, whatever. And so, and, and sometimes it revolves around the idea. And I, this may step on some toes. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or anything. I'm just being honest about how I've heard this in the past before. Um, oftentimes, we hear this statement when, when it's uh, somebody that has made the decision to divorce a spouse because they're they're living in a very unhappy marriage. And I I, I understand. I understand those raw emotions. I understand. The pain that can be involved in, in, in a marriage that's failing, I get, I, I get that, okay? I get that. But a lot of times uh, when that decision of divorce is made and it's not on biblical grounds, and I'm not going to go into a whole divorce sermon this morning, uh, but there, is, there are, are biblical reasons for a divorce, just a couple reasons, and then there are reasons that are outside of biblical reasons for divorce. And, and uh, irreconcilable differences is not a biblical reason for divorce. And so a lot of times I hear a good Christian people, smart Christian people say things like, well, you know, I just I just know that God wants me to be happy. He told me he wants me to be happy and, and I need to do this. And and unfortunately, that's not the sense in which God wants us most often to be happy. Now, for those of you in the room, let me just deal with your offended feelings right now, because like, according to stats, 50 percent of you have probably been divorced before. And um, and so I'm not trying to pick on anybody. That's not my thing. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to pick on you. We've all made decisions in our lives where if we look back on them and go, it wasn't the right thing, but here I am and I'm carrying on and and I'm moving forward in my relationship with God and and I know he forgives me. And I get that. I get that. But again, what I want to talk about this morning is this this need that we oftentimes feel to kind of justify decisions that are outside of God's will. That was just an example. I could list a a dozen more uh, similar examples where we go, I'm going to do this because I just feel like God wants me to be happy, and this is going to make me happy. Now, the truth is, like I said just ago, God does want you to be happy. He does want you to be happy. Now, before I dive into kind of picking this this statement apart, um, a lot of times one of, one of these kind of you know there are certain, like I said earlier certain phrases that kind of work their way into Christian speech and in the church world, and we just kind of embrace them as fact and. And maybe they're facts, some of them, maybe they're not. One of the things I've heard so many times uh, uh, growing up in church is that there's a difference between happiness and joy. That God, you know, doesn't necessarily care whether you're happy or not. That happy is about circumstances. What he wants is you to feel a deep-seated sense of joy that transcends circumstances, right? Now, the problem with that is it sounds really good. It sounds really good. The problem with that is that that concept's actually not in the Bible either, that when you look at the, the words used uh, when the Bible talks about joy, when the Bible talks about happy, when the Bible talks about rejoicing, when the Bible talks about being blessed, uh, all throughout the Bible, those words are pretty, are pretty loosely interchanged uh, for all kinds of different circumstances. And so the Bible doesn't have one category for joy and one category for happy and one category for blessed. They kind of use those words interchangeably all throughout the Bible. And so, okay, so you're like, Jeff, okay, you're screwing with my head because I've heard that my whole life. And, and, and so let's, let's look at how it is that God does want us to be happy because he does. He absolutely does want you to be happy. Like, I, like I've, I've made the mistake. Some, sometimes we all say things kind of in a cavalier way where, you know, I've said, you know, God could, could give a rat's tail about your happiness. You know, he wants you to be obedient and things like that. And, and, uh, but that's actually not true either that he does. He really does want you to be happy. It's the way we use the term that makes it a dumb statement. Here we go. So John 17, verses 13 and 14. Jesus is, uh, is uh, doing some time praying right before he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he's, he's really praying for all of his followers. And he, said, he, he makes this statement. He says, but, but now I'm coming to you. And these things I speak in the world. And, and here, here it is, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So so he's saying, here we have this this kind of contradiction of Jesus saying, you know, part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want them to have my joy. But right on the heels of all that joy is all this hatred that comes from the world and things like that. And so how can we be happy when the world's hating us? And, you know, how can we feel a sense of joy when that's going on? And, and, and here, here, I think the key word there is the word my. I, I want to give them my joy. Because I think what we're, going to, what we're going to find out today is that God defines this concept of joy and this concept of happiness, this concept of being blessed, uh, maybe a lot different than we define it. Like, here's how we tend to define it in terms of, um, you know, well, if I could have more money, I I just think I'd be happier. Who here believes that statement? If you'd have more money, you'd be happier. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, only honest guy in the room. And guess what? You're right. You're right. Whoa. I'm getting ready to get fired today. So here's actually what social scientists have discovered is that uh, there is a correlation between money and happiness up to a point, up to a point. They've, They've actually said that in today's world, that as a person increases their income up to about seventy dollars or $80,000, there is an increase in happiness that goes along with it. But past that point, there is no increase in happiness. It turns out that all you really need to be happy is enough to pay your bills and feel secure. If you've got that level of, of, of income then that's, real, that's really all that you need. Any more beyond that does not increase your happiness. So for, so for some, some of you who have been in those situations where you struggle, 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 and then you feel that, that release when your income finally increases or, or whatever, and you feel like, oh, we can finally breathe again. There's, suddenly there's less stress in your relationship and your marriage and things like that. And, 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 and all, so there is a correlation between money and happiness up to a point. But that's, again, not the kind of happiness that, that I think Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about, he's talking about his joy, his happiness. It's a different type of situation. Look at what Habakkuk, which is a great name. Somebody should name their kid that. I would be so happy. <coughs> this is from the prophet Habakkuk in the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter 3, start with verse 17. Habakkuk says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. Kind of a weird analogy to say he makes my feet like the deers. It's not something we really readily understand but get in your mind that, that you ever seen those uh nature videos of like the the rams the mountain the mountain rams the mountain goats and they're how they they just how these steep like they, they can just cling on and just just pround, you know they it's like the mountain's not even there like for us we would be white knuckling it falling dying you know that sort of thing they're like dink 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 right it's like it's not even there. And, and I think that that's the analogy that, that, that this prophet is trying to tell us. He says, he says because of, of the joy that I feel in the Lord, it's like the mountains in my way, it's like they don't even exist. It's like they don't even exist. It's like I, I feel like I can, I can, I can take anything. I can, I can handle anything. And what I love about this, this statement that Habakkuk make, makes is that he, he first he, he, un, he unpacks this, this uh, concept of everything's going wrong. Nothing's producing the way it's supposed to be producing. This is, this is causing starvation and poverty and everything else that you don't want happening in your life. All these circumstances are, are, are unfolding to, 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 to make us, put us in a position where we're like, ah, this is not a good position for me to be in. And the result of that is he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So how can you be happy and have rejoicing when everything in your world is crumbling and falling apart? I think, and I underlined the words for you up there, but um, I think the key to that is those words, yet I will. Yeah, all this stuff has happened, but, but I will. You get that? It's not that happiness is the natural product of bad circumstances or that happiness is the natural product of good circumstances. It's that despite whatever circumstances we have, I will choose happiness. I will choose happiness. That is so critical to our lives as Christian, that concept. And, and, and this is our first big point, that happiness is obedience. Now, when you see that statement, happiness is obedience, your mind, because of the way you've been brought up and you know, your view of kind of legalistic church and Christians and things like that, Probably the way you think about that statement, happiness is obedience, is that, uh, you know, well, if I'm obedient, then I'll be happy. But that's not what, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Bible says. Happiness is a, the choice to be happiness is in and of itself an act of obedience to God. That the Bible tells us to on multiple occasions all throughout the, that book, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Uh, multiple, all, all throughout the word it's scattered through. The, it, it's a command. We're commanded to be happy. We're commanded to have joy. We're commanded to be blessed. We are commanded to choose that for ourselves. Because Here's the truth of the matter. It doesn't matter whether you're close to God, like on your knees nine hours out of the day. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you are far from God, like you're cursing his name every day you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have great days, and you're going to have gut-wrenching days. It's just part of the human experience. And what's the thing that sets God's people apart? We choose joy. We choose joy. It's not that our lives are any more, you know, by, by by casual observation anyway, it's not that our lives are any more... Happy or blessed or anything than anybody else's, we all have good days. We all have bad days. But guess what? I'm not going to let that dictate my joy. I'm not going to let my circumstances steal my joy from me. I'm not going to. I'm going to be. I'm going to choose to be happy. Now, for some of you, this messes with your whole worldview because you have you have you have got that 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 art of the pouty face down. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of you, like, like, like you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I just decided yesterday I was going to be goth. Like, I, I just decided that. Like, I got, I got the black clothes, and I got the dark lipstick. I got the whole thing. Like, like I just decided. Like, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm finally settling into my inner grumpy old man, and I'm kind of liking it, right? Anybody else? Any guys like your grumpy old man? I like my, I like my grumpy old man. It's awesome. You guys, when I get old, this, we're going to have a lot of fun up in here. I'm telling you. It's going to be great. And, and, so, but I, and some of you, like, like, you just enjoy being critical. You just enjoy, like, you didn't start off that way. We all started off as these kind of dumb, goofy teenagers that just bounced off the walls all the time. And then somewhere along the lines, if you're like me, somewhere along the lines, you kind of struck that grumpy old man nerve. And you, hey, I kind of like that. That was kind of fun. And then so, so now I am the grumpy old man. It's not an act anymore. Right? It's just, it's just kind of who I am. And we have, we have settled into these personas that we kind of like. I don't want to be the happy person. I like being a little bit grumpy. And yet, when, the, when Paul lists out what these, he calls them the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are these things. They're not, they're not like the gifts of the Spirit. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit just happens like, like you don't have to do anything to a tree to make it bear fruit. It just does it because it's a tree, right? It's the same thing with with Christianity. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to experience kind of naturally these fruits that occur in your life. Now, you may struggle with some of them or whatever, but if you're following close to God, these fruits will naturally occur in your life. And what's the very first one listed? Joy. Joy. If we're followers of Jesus Christ, guess what? You should experience joy. And even if you're not experiencing it on some sort of natural level, you should be choosing joy. Joy. That happiness is obedience. When we choose happiness, we are being obedient to God. It's not that if we... Because we like to think of things in terms of formulas. If I do this, then I will be happy. If I do this, 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 and this, then I'll experience joy. Then I'll be happy. And So just tell me what to do because I want to be happier. Some of you in the room... Maybe you're going through a time of a hard time, maybe of depression. You're having a hard time finding that joy in your life right now. I get that too. I've been through that as well. As someone who's been through that, I'm not trying to minimize those feelings because I know how dark they can be. But this is what I know as someone who's been through that. At some point, I had to choose to get out of that. I did. Now, I've been through an extended season of depression that just about kicked my butt. And I had to choose joy daily for days and weeks and months before I ever felt the joy. But at some level, it's a choice. You have to choose it. And when we choose it, It's an act of obedience to God who tells us to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. The problem with us around this idea of happiness and joy is honestly the way we define happiness. We want to make it, we want to make happy this result of things that are going on in our life. And Jesus defines it differently. Look at Matthew chapter 5. This is him opening up his Sermon on the Mount. And he starts off with what we call the Beatitudes. And he says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comfort. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. for your reward is great in heaven. Now he's here's Jesus saying if you want to if you want to be happy, if you want to be joyful, if you want to be blessed then he lists all these things that we that that should we should be about and none of them are great. It's like none of them are okay, persecuted, really? Like I'm going to choose persecution. Um, you know, all these kind of things being poor in the spirit, mourning, meekness, hungering and thirsting for right, all these kind of things like Like, i got to choose this list of things that don't sound like an awesome list right off the bat. But the key to that is the the word for in all those statements. They're happy because of what the result of those things are. Jesus is saying, if if you want to find some joy that goes deep that you can choose on a regular basis, quit defining your happiness. Quit defining your joy with with the condition of your bank account with whether or not you're getting along with everybody in your life that you wish you would get along with, with uh, whether or not you have the, your dream job or you're working a, a job that's less than the dream. Quit defining your joy and your happiness based around those things. You want to you find some joy and some happiness that is, that is the joy of Jesus that will last beyond all circumstances? Then look for the kingdom of God. Look to be comforted and find the peace of God. Look to be those people that inherit the earth. Look for uh, satisfaction that can only come from Christ. Look to receive mercy that can only come from God. Look to see God as nobody else is seeing God. You want to be called happy? You You want to feel joy and feel blessed and find your joy in the fact that you're a child of God, that yours is the kingdom, that you have a reward that's great in heaven. See, these are things that nobody can take away from us. Nobody. Like, you can can live your whole life. Nobody can take away from you that you're a child of God. I I don't care how much someone hates you. If you've got the peace of God in you, nobody can steal that from you. Like, ultimately, I don't want to be somebody that's just defining my happiness, defining myself, actually, because of the different circumstances in my life, whether they're good or bad. I want to be somebody who finds peace, And God, when we talk about kind of making God our all in all, like making him the center of our lives, this is what we're talking about. Like everything revolves around him. And if me and God are okay, then the rest of the world, it'll figure itself out. But I need to feel peace with God. I need to feel peace with God. Does God want you to be happy? Yes, but we need to start looking at happiness differently. Here's everything that you need to know about, about the happiness that you can find in Jesus, that it's all found in Jesus. Now, this is not what you hear from the TV preachers. This is not what you hear from a lot of people and a lot of best-selling books and things like that, and maybe even a lot of you know, songs that you might hear on Christian radio or whatever else. Where it seems like our, you know, God just wants us to be happy in the same way that the world judges happiness. Hey, if you follow God, then He's going to work out all the situations of your life. Then all your relationships are going to go great, and the money's going to be there, and everything else. And I don't know about you. I mean, we can fake this as much as we want to fake it, but that hasn't been my experience. Like I, I feel like I'm not bragging or anything. I feel like I'm somewhat close to Jesus. I feel like we got a pretty good relationship, me and Jesus. But you know what? I've had my ups and downs. It hasn't all been great. There have been times when God has showed up and showed up in ways that I could only give him credit for. And there have been times I've prayed for answers and not got any. Let's just get real. We can paint this faith up all you know, all pretty and do whatever you want to with it, but let's just get real. How many here could raise your hand and say, there's been times I prayed for something and did not get what I wanted. There's been time. There's been a the time I needed God to show up for me because I was in need, and I didn't get Him to show up in the way that I needed. That's just that's just the. Way. There's this great story. Um, you may be familiar with the author uh, Max Lucado. Uh, he's 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 a really great. His books are really good. Um, but he wrote this book years ago called In the Grip of Grace. I, and I, and there's a story in this book where he tells. Such a great story. He he said he was going back through his journal and he found this day where um, he said they were having a pool party with some friends at his house and um, turned their back to look at the food. And they were doing some talking and things like that. And when they turned back around, one of his kids was doing the dead man's float in the pool, one of his small children. And he just talked about how, you know, they jumped in the pool after this child and resuscitated him and everything turned out fine. Every, the child was fine. But he said he wrote in his journal, God, you are so good. Thank you for saving my child. You are so good. He said, as, as I, was, I was rereading that journal entry, I asked myself, like I asked myself, would God have been any less good if he had not saved my child that day? That's a hard, like it's really the easy answer. I think the human answer to that is, well, yeah, he would have been less good. That's God's job is saving babies, right? And what we need to get in, like God is not some sort of genie that we just conjure up for wishes and happiness. If the only good thing God ever did for you was send his son to die for you so that you could live in a right relationship with a holy God, then that would be good enough. That would be good enough. Now, we're not going to grow the church on that message necessarily. (laughs) But it's just true. Some of you in this room have had some horrible tragedy strike you some things that no person, you would never wish on your your worst enemy. But God is still good. God is still good. And we find our joy in Him, not because of whether or not He answered all of our wishes and prayers. We find our joy in Him because Jesus Christ is our Savior. We find our joy and our happiness in Him because in Him only can we, experience peace. And there are many of you in this room who have been through those horrible tragedies that would tell you as much pain as I went through, as much time it took for me to mourn the loss of a loved one, a career, whatever, your health, as much darkness as I felt like I was being dragged through. Somewhere in all of that, I still was experiencing the peace of God. Would I have rather avoided all that? Absolutely. We all would. But God is good all the time. All the time. That is also a step of faith. It's an act of obedience for us to go, I'm going to choose happiness also an act of faith for us to go, God is good all the time, all the time. What sets us apart from the world is that we have this Savior, we have this God in whom to place our faith. He never leaves us, he'll never forsake us. He is faithful to his promises, and he never promised you the happy, perfect life. He just promised you a life. He promised you life in Him. and He promised you peace with Him. And He is faithful in that. He is faithful. The fact of the matter is, is our last point, is that when we choose Jesus, we choose joy. When you choose Jesus, you choose joy. Just for Jesus' sake. When you choose Jesus, just for Jesus' sake, you choose joy for some of you in the room that maybe have been struggling in this area of your life, you know, you, you have settled into that, that dark groove. Can I challenge you to step out on faith today and, and just make this decision that I'm, I'm going to choose joy. I may not feel it. The feeling may come later. But I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose happiness. I'm going to choose to live the blessed life, because I'm going to choose Jesus. I'm going to choose Jesus. some of you need to do that today. You've been, you've been in that dark place long enough, it's time for you to step out of it. Now that makes it sound like it's a super easy thing to do, and I'm going to promise you it's not. I'm going to promise you it's not. but you still have to make the decision regardless. Choose Jesus. Choose joy. Do that. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Pray this uh, prayer with me from Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, we love you. And um, we thank you so much. your son Jesus. We thank you that you have made a way for us to live at peace with you when we don't deserve that and we should not have it. Thank you for discovering the solution for the problem of sin in your son. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Your, Your love really is fierce as we sang earlier. God, I want to lift up a prayer right now um, just for everybody that's in the room that's been struggling with their uh, darker emotions. There may be people who walked in this room about ready to give up on you. There may be some that walked in this room about ready to give up on their lives. God, would you... Your word tells us that even the faith that we are able to exercise is a gift from you. It comes from you. So would you gift us in this room with the ability to step out on faith and choose you and choose happiness and choose joy? Would you help us make that choice every day until our emotions finally catch up with that decision? God, for those of us that maybe have just gotten into the habit of um, embracing our grumpier sides, our darker sides, um, God, I, I don't know. I, I'll speak for me, and I just say, I when people watch me live my life, I I want them to see you. I want them to see that I find my joy in you. And so, help me to put aside whatever that is, whatever ego or games I'm playing in my head, whatever that is, and and just help me as an act of obedience to choose to be happy, to choose joy in you. Because I want people to see that. Forgive me when I don't do that. God, for for those that are in the room that maybe walk in today and they are far from you, they haven't yet decided to live in a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would um, reveal yourself to them. Help them to find a peace, as as your word describes it, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Help them to discover that when we walk in the spirit, when we walk with you, when we choose to follow you, um, that there's peace there. There is joy there. There is happiness there when we are tempted to search for our happiness in other relationships and other possessions and more money and the latest trend, remind us that true and lasting, authentic happiness is only found in you. And so we choose you this morning we choose you. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you have do for us. Thank you for all the blessings that we honestly don't deserve. Thank you for walking with us in the dark periods of our life. And so we give you all the praise and glory this morning. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. 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 He is. So here's the deal. For those of you in the room that maybe you're new to the faith and you're just trying to decide if, if, the, if you want this to be your faith. This, I want to just real briefly tell you uh, your next step, if you want to make that decision to start following Christ, your next step is to just turn your life over to him. And you can do that in prayer uh, with one of us to help you or by yourself, that's up to you. But, but the next step, Jesus says, is to be obedient to him and, and be baptized. And baptism is the public declaration of that faith, where we say, I have decided to follow Jesus and I am a part of the church of God now. And so we're going to have baptism services the second and third weeks of uh, February. And I want to invite, we've already got some, several people signed up to do it. I want to invite uh, as many of you that want to make that decision to do that with us as well. Come tell us you're ready to make that decision. Write it on your connection card. We'll, we'll contact you about it and, um, and we'll get that done. But it's a good thing. Do it, it's awesome. We love baptisms around here, right? We do, we do. All right, everybody choose joy this week, amen? All right, see you later.